Welcome, everybody, to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. And we're live. Happy December. Yay. Yes. Happy December. Happy holiday season, everyone. Merry December. Been a while, guys. What's going on? Not much. Hanging out. Just bracing ourselves for a storm coming in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Up here in the mountains, we're supposed to get something. Yeah. Well, it is nice weather here. I think it was in the 60s today. You! I walked outside, nice. sat on my front porch in some shorts and a t-shirt. It's wonderful. Okay. Must well, be we nice. all hate Bobby. What else? Yeah. <laughs> Hope everybody had Come a good visit. Thanksgiving. That was a good time. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, mm-hmm. we were out of commish for a little bit here on the Ashumanati <laughs> podcast. But uh, Just a we're back. Bit. We're back. We did miss we're a few back. things. And better we, than we, ever. <laughs> we attempted to discuss a few things. I don't things. know, Brandon. Yeah. Okay, so in this season of love and holiday spirit, I thought we would uh, fight. You guys ready to fight? Mm. Yes, yeah, I got bring my it. boxing gloves on. I'm feeling fight. the fight. What we've got set up here is a versus battle of holiday film, if you're ready for that. And yeah, it might get a little ugly. We might uh, visit our angry elf, so to speak. And uh, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. You guys ready? Me too. Me too. Okay, bring so, it. So the format, bring it indeed. The format for you, Matt and Bobby and myself, <laughs> I'm going to jump in here. Uh, I will present to you two Christmas films and we will fight over which one is superior, which one is the best. Some okay. of these are going to be easy. Some of them difficult. This may even bleed into a second episode. We'll we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Let's let's give one a try. See how it is. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I'm going to set up an easier one here for you, and then we can go from there. You guys ready? Ready. Yeah. All right. So if I were to say to you, I want you to pick okay. your favorite out of The Grinch, The Grinch, and The Grinch. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks, Bobby. You good? I couldn't get to the mute button quick enough. You I was get, dying. He's getting choked, choked up over this already. So the old Grinch, the original, it's like 40 minutes long, old school cartoon. And then yeah. along came Jim Carrey in the live action. And then not too long ago, I believe it was a DreamWorks production, uh, a more recent animated Grinch came along, uh, a more modern take on the Grinch. So Bobby... Which Grinch is your fave? Um, I like the Jim Carrey version. Is there a reason? Because I thought it was I, I thought it was funny. Um, the original, the Whoville, Whoville. I don't know. After you've seen it twice, it gets on your nerves. And then Matt, I think you were ahead of the other direction. No way. Yeah, I'm going number one original, the OG. Ooh. Original, you know that's it's it's got a little nostalgia, you know, tied to it because I remember as a kid. Uh, I don't know if it was like this for you guys because you're much younger, but when I was coming up back in the eighties, <laughs> um, when they uh, showed this, it was like you had a TV schedule, right? 
and it was one time in the season, you know, scheduled for a specific night, and so we all gathered around the TV and we watched uh, whatever show was coming up on that night. And the Grinch was always like one of our favorites as a family. I, I don't know if my family has the same recollection as me, but it felt like that and a few others that we're probably going to discuss tonight um, would come out. And, you know, this was before, at least for us, we weren't recording episodes and rewatching them, even on VHS. We just didn't, I don't know, we probably had the capability to do it. We just never did it. So we had to wait all season until the show came on and it had commercials and everything else. But it was the original Grinch for me, for sure. The second version, the Jim Carrey version, felt like, to me, kind of annoying and obnoxious oh, and forced. Okay. It was kind of like, I mean, Jim Carrey's great and all, and I, I really like him in things. But for that, it was just, it felt really forced. And the angles were weird, and it just was like a strange version to me anyway okay wow i'm uh i'm siding with bobby on this one i i enjoy the jim carrey one more personally i think it must be a generational thing i think maybe younger folk probably like that version better because Uh, i don't know maybe it's just the nostalgia thing for me i don't know the original 1966 uh it's fun once a year and then i'm done Whereas the Jim Carrey version, I, I tend to watch that a few more times. There is a third one, one that came out in 2018, which my daughter prefers. And so maybe Matt's onto something here, generational nostalgia. Matt's acting like he's yeah, it's gotta be. 30 years older than us, but that's that's fine. <laughs> well, like eight <laughs> years older or something. I mean, it is a. I think it's a generational. It's enough of an age gap that I think it maybe. was a different... Um, way of of kind of viewing those things because you know we were kind of stuck a generation behind the rest of our neighbors and friends anyway (laughs) so when you consider that we were like two generations behind you guys in terms of uh you know watching tv shows when they came out we had we didn't ever have like the nicest tv and we didn't have cable we didn't pay for cable or anything like that we were always just kind of relying on the rabbit ears behind the tv to bring in the signal and so forth so sure you know old school well, that's kind of how i grew up too i mean we okay. didn't even have the antenna yeah we had you go and rent a movie and drive it 30 miles to your house what nice. <laughs> yeah hey, well if you if we you were, trust we weren't all special people like you brandon golly I was far from it. Uh, if you believe IMDb, Matt's version, the 1966 version, is the much higher rated version. So when it there comes to over, that's, cr- that's critic rating. I don't know. Anyway, so Matt's technically. So you're so you saying Matt wins this battle? Uh, maybe, other, uh, unless you count two votes versus one. <laughs> I, maybe, uh, I don't know. Okay. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really well done. Are. Okay, so that's a good start. Good warm-up movie. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next one. So, speaking of Jim Carrey, let's talk about an animated battle here. So, I'm going to pit the Polar Express Tom Hanks versus Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol through the the Disney 
Corp. Do you guys know those two movies? So we've got Polar Express. Yeah. And then the anim- the the CGI computer animated ish Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol. Do you guys know that one? Yeah, yeah. I thought they were both garbage. Okay, um. so I call this my wife. I, I presented this battle to my wife, and she immediately caught on to the theme here. I call this the Battle of the Dead Eyes because the the animation itself just creeps you out to the point where mm-hmm. uh, I can't even enjoy these movies. But if you had to pick one, what do you think? The Battle of the Dead Eyes. See, I remember you saying that before, Brandon, when when we were talking about how creeped out you are by Polar Express. But if you remember, <laughs> my opinion is that, you know, I think the music and story and all of that makes up for the creepy animation in Polar Express. Okay. So that's my pick. Okay. I do like the story of the Polar Express. I like reading the book. I've gone and rode the Heber Creeper with my kids. Great story. The movie was creepy as heck. (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't think I can really vote on this, because I thought both of them, like... I can't sit down and even watch them beginning to end because of the the way they animated it. Yeah, it's difficult. I'll just choose reading the book over. Okay. So, if I was going to read the book of both, I'd probably pick The Polar Express. Right on versus A Christmas Carol starring Jim Carrey. It's a Disney uh, attempt at the Charles Dickens classic. We'll talk about that particular story many times during these battles. Robert Zemeckis, who is one of my favorite directors of all time, did it. But I couldn't get over how weird it was. Um, Yeah, and I've mentioned this before. Last year, Polar Express kind of creeps me out. But it's based on a train that, is actually in Michigan, my home state. And, I mean, how many Christmas parties have you been to where the theme is something related to the Polar Express? I mean, it seems like every year that that's that's what these people try and create or recreate for the kids. So I'll give the edge to Polar Express. True. Okay. It's an iconic All book. Right. Sounds like three for, yeah, three for the Polar Express then. The IMDb, IMDb ratings actually rates A Christmas Carol slightly higher than The Polar Express, believe it or not. Interesting. If you look at all, if you look at all-time lists, if you look at all-time lists, Polar Express is slightly higher. So believe what you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the battle of weird animation is the reason we paired those two together. So, okay, Polar Express <laughs> is our winner. Sounds yeah. like. Okay, let's go Very more. Uh, let's go more old school. Let's go more your era, Mister Matthew. Oh, so I'm taking you. you back to the taking you back to your childhood, the 1940s. You ready for this? No oh boy. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> ah, okay. Let's start with Jimmy Stewart's "It's a Wonderful Life," often at the top of any all-time great. Christmas, uh, what's the way I want to word that? It's usually at the top of any list of all-time great Christmas movies. So you've got yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, 1946, and then the next year, 1947, Miracle on 34th Street. What do you think there? Two really good movies. 
But if, if you look at the night, starting 19... with me. No, let's give a quick intro here, just to those who are unfamiliar. In the 1940s, yeah, okay, okay. there there was a boom of of Christmas movies in the 1940s. These two were definitely the cream of the crop, in my opinion. Other great ones, White Christmas. Um, the Miracle on 34th Street. I wondered Street. if you were going to mention White Christmas. Great yeah, show. White Christmas is a good, great one. I wanted to pit these two together. They were so close in the year and, and the feel, in my opinion. Uh, some of the star power. So Miracle on 34th Street is when Santa is put on trial in court. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a right. lawyer that defends him. And then, of course, a miracle, or a, I'm sorry, It's a Wonderful Life is an angel appears to Jimmy Stewart and uh, helps this frustrated businessman show him what a life would be like without him if he had never existed. Do you remember the so angel's the, name? Oh, man. What uh, laid on us? Clarence or something? <laughs> Clarence. That's what Clarence. it was. Shame on it, me. Wasn't it Clarence? Rogue, huh? Oh, oh you dork. Yeah, Clarence. Yes, Clarence. And he had to get as he was trying to earn his wings, right? Yeah. Yeah, George Bailey. Bailey, George uh, Bailey. loan and trust or something. Okay, I, I kind of feel like loan. I know where you're leaning loan. with this one. So, Matt, why don't you start? Okay, I think uh, Miracle on 34th Street, that, that, that old version, is a great movie. It's just yeah. excellent from start to finish. But I think It's a Wonderful Life, to me, um, has more of the hit you with the the emotions, um, you know, with the whole story. I mean, it's that's a pretty serious story. You take a guy that's just lost, thinks he's lost everything and is ready to just end it, end his life. I mean, that's Oof. a pretty serious subject, right? It really is. And then to kind of turn around and show what a life is worth. Um, to me, there's, there's just no other, it's a wonderful life that, that to me is probably one of the best Christmas movies ever made in my opinion. So I'm going to go with, it's a wonderful life. Okay. Bob, I'm just going to say, I think a wonderful life is depressing (laughs) and it takes a really, we're going to go there. (laughs) It just takes a really long time to wade your way through the depression to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, I want to feel happy. I want to feel joyous. And it takes so long to get there that, like, I'm ready to end my life before we get there. So I'm going to go with A Miracle on 34th Street because it's all about getting in the holiday spirit and believe in Santa. And it makes me feel the warm and fuzzies. Not that I want to go jump Ooh. off a bridge with all right. George Bailey. Okay. All right, Brandon, you're the tie break on this one. Let's I love both of the these pressure's movies on. so much. I my favorite quote, one that I throw out even when it's not Christmas time. What do you want, Mary? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Oh, Mary. I, I love Jim. That's Jimmy a pretty good impersonation. Oh, oh yeah, Jimmy. And then Miracle on thirty fourth Street, the old one. The new uh the one from the nineties is fine, but the the old one, I I love that one for some that's reason. Great. That's so good, and I'm kind of with Bob on this one. Oh, I no. it, it's a wonderful life. Kind of gets to me a little too much. 
and uh, I I appreciate the story. I love it. I'm leaning Miracle on 34th Street. In an upset. Lame. In an Ooh. upset. If I'm looking for a movie to, like, make me feel bad for a while and, like, the drama, <laughs> a wonderful life all day long. No. But, like, if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie with my kids, like, that's not what I want to watch. Right. Oh, now, man. Matt, your movie kills... Miracle on 34th Street in IMDb ratings, Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's of the superior it movie. It is. It is the superior I mean, obviously. movie. It is the more iconic movie. I can just tell you right now that I personally prefer Miracle on 34th Street. But they are both so good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Now, I would like to challenge someone in Hollywood to remake It's a Wonderful Life. Because I do think that story could be done better. And I would like to yeah. give him the chance. There's wow. nobody in Hollywood that can make that story better right now. I don't know. I don't know. Like it, Maybe. I feel like if they would have sped up the storyline just a little bit, you wouldn't yeah. feel so depressed watching it. No, I think it's the perfect mix. See, you guys are missing this point. You have to be brought down to be brought back up. That's just the whole. But it's so long, you got to be able to finish the movie to be brought back up. If you can't get past the depression, you're just going to off yourself. It's not that long of a movie. I mean, has has our attention span gotten so short that we think that that's a long movie? Come on. I don't know. The last time I watched it, I just remember waking up because I fell asleep like halfway through. And like I was having the darkest dreams ever. Wow. Yeah. All right. I just don't like oh watching. Gosh. Look, so. Matt. Matt's technically right. He's right. But uh, yeah, it's, it comes down to what you prefer, the mood that you're in. The more iconic movie is definitely "It's a Wonderful Life." So. Okay. You guys ready to move on to some more old school nostalgia? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for a fight on this one. So I'm pairing together a series or a group of movies versus another one. So I'm, I'm, these are made for television. Kind of like what Matt was saying earlier. You get that. Uh, you'd wait for this to come on. That uh, one, one of only two or three channels available. It's the 1970s and late 60s claymation movies. You guys know those? The the Rudolph, Year Without oh, yeah. Santa, Frosty the Snowman. So I'm grouping those together, these four TV movies, and I'm putting it up against Charlie Brown's Christmas. Mm, bold move. Ooh. Yeah, this one's a tough one. Okay. You, you yeah. want to go first, Bob? You got a take on this? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I introduced my kids to a Charlie Brown Christmas um, a few days ago. And I'm just going to go, I really like a Charlie Brown Christmas. I think it tells a good story. I think it's enough funny. The little piano that he plays and Linus's blanket. It's just a good, wholesome, animated cartoon. Okay. Is that your so pick? There you go. And I ain't got Bert. nothing bad to say about the others, but... Okay. Charlie Brown Christmas is where I'm going to go. Wow. Uh, 1965. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's old. For Charlie Brown Christmas. 
What do you think, Matt? You got a yeah. got a take on this? So which one are you going with? The I I there's kind of there's them several together. different ones, right? I lumped them together. So because so they all have this same Rudolph, producer, Frosty, right? Santa Claus yeah, is coming okay. to town. You're without Santa. Are any okay, of those? Okay, my sad. I mean, I've any, seen all of those. So, are any of those better than Charlie Brown's Christmas to you? No. <laughs> okay. Nope. In that case, so let me let me reverse my my vote, and I'm going to go with Robert on this one because the Charlie Brown Christmas trumps those for sure, hands okay. down. All of them. There's, I think there's like. A, what do they have? They've got Frosty the Snowman. They've got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's a, another one, too, that's not coming to mind right year, now. But. So there's a Year Without Santa. That's a classic. Um, that's where you okay. see, like, the fire versus ice battle. That's probably my favorite of all of them is right. Year Without Santa. There's Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Yep. All of these from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty well done, but they're just not... In my view, they're not comparable to Charlie Brown Christmas, the classic okay. of it. Yeah, wow. it's all about vote. like he's trying to remind himself why it's down and the real meaning of Christmas. And you're probably saying, but Robert, that's what a wonderful life is all about. I don't give a crap. <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas did the story better. Okay. Well, well, I'm I'm with both of you on this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm preferring Charlie Brown. Uh, yeah, I like the other ones. I think it's fun to watch with your kids, the, the claymation versions of those 1960s and 70s things. Uh, yeah, I'm preferring Charlie Brown here, though. Sure. I think it's it really gets me in the, the Christmas mood. Okay, this will be a okay. good battle. This is the one that started it all. So I'm, I'm watching these two movies with my family last week, which is kind of what sparked this type of a debate. And uh, it got heated, even with a seven-year-old and, and my wife and I, and the three-year-old was babbling about it as well. She had her opinion. So uh, this is the only sequel that we'll talk about, and it's... Based, uh, based out of Chicago slash New York. It's got a child star in it. Uh, we're talking Home Alone. You guys ready for this battle? Yeah. Okay. Never so seen Home, either of them. Home Alone 1. Just Bob, kidding. I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. We got Home Alone 1 versus Home Alone 2. I'm going to let you think about it for a second. I'll go. Unless, oh, he's ready. Okay. Hit us with it. I'm ready. Uh, number one, hands down. Okay. There you go. Number one. <laughs> what else do you want to know about it? I'll tell you the reasons why. Yeah, hit us. Number one, the OG, Home Alone. All the stunts were new. Everything was like, okay, ha, 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 that's great. You know, it had the iconic, you know, Macaulay Culkin uh, in the mirror, you know, slapping his face together and stuff you know all of that was original to the number one uh movie right number two felt totally unbelievable to me so it was like great great movie and all that you know whatever but it was just like oh wait they left the kid again 
Okay, no. <laughs> and then and then you get past that and you're like, okay, it's all the same stunts again on the same two robbers that happen to be in New York. Come on. Wow. There's the believability there. But you do have Donald Trump in number two. So, you know, <laughs> you got the Donald. And, uh, oh, yeah. man. Anyway, there's some funny. really good actors in number two. I like, uh, oh, shoot. Tim Curry. Can't think of his name, but the hotel guy. Tim Curry. Uh, Curry, yeah. And then he's awesome. Yeah, Rob Rob Schneider was in the hotel as Rob well. Rob Schneider's in there. Um, yep. Yeah. Curry is amazing though. I, I like that guy in anything he's in, so that's just my opinion about him. Um so number two's a good. It's got some good actors in it, but for me, uh if you're comparing the two, number one hands down has it for me. Okay. There you go. Bob, what you got? Well I I'm just gonna say out of any series, Home Alone did one and two well. Both are really enjoyable to watch. I can um, agree with that. So yes. really enjoy it. Um, but I'm going to go with Matt here. I think the original set, the grounding, it was much more believable, very entertaining. Could totally see something like that happening. In number two, I do question why the prisoners would have or the crooks from Chicago would have been locked up in a New York prison. Like, <laughs> That's why? where they ended up. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you just like end up uh, on Rikers Island? Um, but both very enjoyable, but I'm going to go with one. I do watch one and two every single year. Um, I watched one and two this weekend and my kids like them too. So yeah. So that's all good. Nice. Well, that's good. That's right, the kid's right. Let's hear it. Number two is better, guys. Number two. Number two. <laughs> let me just hit you with some some, some knowledge. I mean, I here. like a good number two, but let's hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear your reasoning. No, that, this will be fascinating. Just some quick facts here. Um, IMDb rates the first one higher. I think Rotten Tomatoes does too. I think the nostalgia is higher. The originality is higher with the original. Um, the original had a, a budget of $18 million and it made almost half a billion at the box office. That, those were big, wow. big numbers back in 92. It, it was right there with any other movie mm -hmm. in the early 90s. And then the second one did well, $28 million budget, so they upped it a little bit. And it, it made almost $400 million at the box office. So they both did really, really well. They made a lot of money. Super popular. You're right. The the original face slap, the the original stunts, Catherine O'Hare. I'm going with number two based on the level of acting, I believe, is higher and better from both Macaulay Culkin and the rest of the cast that they, they inserted into the story. I think the fantasy is much greater here. Yeah, being left home alone when you're when you're seven years old is epic. But what about a luxury hotel in New York City with your dad's credit card? To me, the, the fantasy was much greater and much more appealing to me growing up. I could order room service. I could go out with, in a cab or a limo. I'm spending my dad's money. I'm meeting all sorts of crazy people. I'm tricking burglars into coming back to my uncle's flat. <laughs> anyway, I, mm -hmm. yeah, Tim, Tim Curry's a big pull for me. Um, Macaulay Culkin's uh, year older, year wiser, year better. I think that's peak Macaulay Culkin for me. 
Um, yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know if this is much of a fight because I think we both, it sounds like we all love one and two. And uh, I do, both I watch, I, I watch number two remember, a little bit more. Yep. Yeah, you guys know the the, the, walkie, the Walkman in number two? Yeah. So yeah. are you talking, mm-hmm. are you talking the talk, so, it's the talk boy, by the way. And I wanted yeah, one so bad. I just, I, Me too. I was Poe. I was too Poe. For a talk well, boy, yeah, I got one, and I'm just gonna say, like, what a letdown after watching the movie and how cool it was, how he used that thing. You had one, you couldn't get it back to the right. Yeah, I had one, so cool, but it was just a regular Walkman that was shaped funny with a little mic, right? With a mic, and so yep. like in the movie, you see him like recording things, and he's just able to play them back and these clips, and they're just magical how it works out. No. Like, you got to fast forward, <laughs> rewind. Like, how are you going to find that clip at the spur of a moment? So it was, I wanted it, but it was a huge letdown when I got they it. They made it look way too good. Dang. You're killing my See, yeah. Aren't you glad you didn't get it, Brandon? Aren't you glad that that didn't, didn't dash your I, I'm sure it would have been a dream. They were expensive. Bob, I don't know how you yeah. got that. Got your hands on one of those, but... uh. I don't know. It might have been the next year I got it, but okay. I did have one at some they, point. Sales of that item. And I wish I still had so, it because wow. it would probably be worth something today if I had I think, that I still. I think it would. Oh, yeah, sure. Working condition. The way that he replays Uncle Frank's shower singing to, to scare off Tim Curry and Rob Schneider. And I, I just, so good. So good. Yep. Yeah. And then Trump makes an appearance. He happened to own the hotel. That they were filming in at the time. I think he mm-hmm. was forced to sell it a few a few years later. So, of course, he inserts himself into the film. Yeah. yeah I love both not? of them. They are so fun. And now I'm watching it with my seven-year-old, watching her watch them for the first time, and I'm reliving it. And it still holds up. Both films are, are very well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. We just watched number two tonight, earlier tonight. Um, oh, nice. And she was laughing through the whole thing. It's so good. Just loved it. <laughs> and you're right. If you break yeah. down believability, number two, you lose a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's the yeah, parent yeah. in me. You know, it's the, like uh, as maybe. a kid, maybe I would have sided with number two or something. But maybe it's now my life view has changed as a parent. And I think mm. there's no way I would leave my kid two times over the right. whole season. Not even once. Right. But Two times? I mean, come on. Come the on. Scene, the scene at the end of number two with the pigeon lady, I, mm-hmm. I still tear up to this day. I it, uh, That's the much more powerful scene to me um, between the two. Yeah, anyway, the turtle doves. The turtle doves. I will never forget you. Oh, man. You can just tell it made her life. So. You'll always be my friend. That's always right. be my friend, Kevin. You'll, You'll always, always be, be friends. Friend. Always. So do we have anywhere on our list to compare three and four? <laughs> Let's three not. Three and four, what? <laughs> and five. Okay. So there's three, four, there's three, four, and five. And then they came out with number six. They called it something else, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you know, my daughter. i anything past two. Well, don't worry about it then. The, the most recent one, yeah. I think kids nowadays, they, there's actually a, a cameo from Buzz. He's the cop that shows mm-hmm. up to the house, so that's kind of fun. He's a McAllister. He, like, they, they tie in number one and two. 
for the sixth one. Hmm. Three, four, and three, four, and five were just like made for movies, straight to DVD, made for for TV, I guess. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, hey, Bob. That uh, well, just thought we'd tie it all together. It's worth, it's worth mentioning, yeah. Okay, so that's it for episode one. Uh, next week's episode, we plan on doing the same thing: more movies, more fights. So catch us again on the Assuminati podcast next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Assuminati podcast. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Be sure to hit that like button. We recommend subscribing with notifications so you don't miss an episode. And be sure, of course, to share with your friends. We'd also love to interact with you on social media as we post and prepare for our weekly episodes. Until next time on the Assuminati podcast. <laughs>